Now, I'm, um, my talk is a degree of urgency. Um, I'm a little bit fearful at the moment. Uh, not because I need to go to the toilet, um, but hopefully uh, you guys are still comfortable. Um, but uh, Professor Bailey started tonight with talking about uh, fear in infectious diseases. And uh, what I was going to take attack on was to instill some fear in you. But I'm, I'm in fact not going to do that. Um, what I am conscious of is um, uh, making sure that we get through tonight, and we've still got Darren uh, uh, Morton to go as well. So I'm going to have a, a quite a short talk. You'll please know there's only got three slides. Um, I haven't told you how much are on those slides, but uh, there are three slides. So yeah, my talk tonight is on uh, degree of urgency. Why should we be concerned about urinary tract infections? Um, and this is an area that's of particular interest to myself. Now, most of you in this room have probably had a urinary tract infection at some point in their time, or if you haven't, you probably will. Um, and unfortunately, of course, if you're female, you're more likely to have had a urinary tract infection. Um, they're very common, and if you haven't had one, your son, daughter, mum or dad has probably had one. And that's okay, most of the time they're self-limiting, don't cause any problems. And, uh, and we get on with our life again. Um, but there is a, a a cat amongst the pigeons, and John uh, alluded to that in his talk, and, and so has uh, uh, Chris. And that relates to antibiotic resistance. Now, urinary tract infections are caused by a particular uh, type of bacteria, most commonly it's E. coli, but it's gram-negative bacteria, most commonly. Now, gram-negative bacteria, the bacteria that we are most concerned about in relation to, this is microphone's playing with it, in relation to antibiotic resistance. And so this um, particular study here um, was looking at urine isolates in the US over a 10-year period. And what you'll see in this particular graph, the really interesting thing is, is resistance to this drug called ciprofloxacin, which is something we don't want to see resistance in, particularly in, uh, in urines and gram-negative bacteria generally. And you'll see that over the last, well, during the 10-year period of this study, antibiotic resistance, or resistance rather, to ciprofloxacin is increased. That means that drugs that are commonly used to treat urinary tract infections, such as this one, uh, are becoming more uh, resistant, and that means less effective to treat. And that is going to potentially worsen as we see antimicrobial resistance uh, uh, get worse in, in future years. Now, we've been involved in a range of work in this area, and this one study that I wanted to allude to was some work we did in Tasmania where we looked at all the urine isolates of every single person in Tasmania over three years, whether you're in a community setting, whether you're in a hospital setting, we got your urine. If you went to the GP, we found the urine sample and you got your urine. <laughs> and uh, what we wanted to do was look at resistance trends over that time. And we wanted to try and link it to antimicrobial uh, usage in the community. Now that's an extremely difficult thing to do and it's fraught with a whole range of issues. But um, anyway, nonetheless, what we did find was there was a lag effect. That is, a common antibody that people get, called amoxicillin, um, that increased in certain periods of the year. And what we found was, in preceding months after that, there was an increase in resistance in urine isolates to that particular antibody. So that antibody is used most commonly for respiratory tract infections. And uh, we found that in, over the course of a few months, uh, there was an increase in resistance in urine isolates uh, to that particular drug. That then resolved again when uh, antibiotics weren't used. So um, that's interesting. It shows a, a sort of a correlation and the importance about what we're doing around antimicrobial use at a personal level and at a community level. 
Now I'm just going to focus a little bit more on, on hospitals because a lot of you are from uh, healthcare or hospital settings in particular and involved in the health space. And I just want to start by just thinking about a story for a minute. Now most of you have driven tonight, but imagine you weren't, didn't drive here, you, got, you were getting home by public transport, unfortunately for you. You were going to get a city bus. Um, there probably isn't any out here at the moment, and if there is, there's probably about six will come in a row, of course, but imagine you get this bus, and you're getting a bus home tonight, and the bus driver says to you, and you take the steps up onto the bus, and he says, just before you get on this bus, I just want to tell you something. There is about a 7% chance when you get on this bus, you're going to have an accident. Now, I can't tell you exactly what that accident's going to be. It could be a bit bumpy. It could be we hit something. You might fall out, you might break an arm, or you could die. That's your options. But there's a 7% chance that it's probably going to happen. What would you do? Would you get on the bus? Or would you look to get another mode of transport or get the next bus? I suspect that most of us would take the option of no thanks very much. Thank you for telling me about that. I'm off. I'm out of here. Now that analogy that I used relates to hospital infections. People who go to hospital acquire an infection at around 7% of the time that they didn't have when they walked in the door. So if you go to the hospital, there's a 7% chance or thereabouts from data from Europe, South America, so South Africa and the US, that there's about a 7% chance you go to a hospital where you didn't have an infection when you walked in the door that you will have one at some point during your hospital stay. That's not a great statistic. Now, some of those are very minor, of course, and some of them are very serious. And some of those lead to, to unfortunately, lead to death or serious um, long-term complications. Now, patients don't have a choice about going to hospital very often. They can't say, oh, I'll get the next bus, thanks very much. I'll get the next hospital. They need that treatment. So we have to make sure that we put in things in place as healthcare workers, as policy uh, makers and in research, that minimises that risk and opportunity and chance for those individuals acquiring an infection. It's, it's on us to do that. So, what can we do? Um, there are a few things that we can do. We've heard about uh, the term avoidance, and um, I think that that's, we can't avoid hospital, we can't avoid healthcare. If we need it, we need it. Um, but there are ways in which we can avoid certain treatments, and, and certainly there's some links there uh, with uh, lots of those which we're going to talk about at the end. But we can think or act and talk infection. That doesn't just relate to those in healthcare. That relates to all of us. We all have a role to play in infection prevention. Those of you who are parents can help teach your children about the importance of hand hygiene, sanitation. Um, we can, when we go to the doctor, we can, in our GP, we can make sure that we are not doing things that are putting that GP under undue stress or pressure to give them antibiotics. And there's an interesting study, in fact, that I heard presented at a conference late last year, and it's yet to be published. But they interviewed um, a whole bunch of consumers, and quite a lot of them admitted to either making up symptoms when they went to the GP, or taking their um, brothers, sisters, mums, dads, antibiotics, um, or doctor shopping until they got the answer that they want. And so we put, as individuals and the public, healthcare workers under pressure, and of course healthcare workers um, have, uh, have got some things to address as well, which I'll touch on in a moment. So there are some other things we can do. I just want to touch on urinary tract infections specifically and talk about what the situation is and what we can uh, do about that. 
Uh, urinary tract infections, and I just want to touch on hospital acquired urinary tract infections. So these are infections that people acquire in hospital. Um, we did a study uh, a couple of years ago, and this was in six Australian hospitals, and we found that on any given day in these six hospitals in Australia, 1.4% of patients had healthcare associated urinary tract infection. They had a urinary tract infection they didn't have when they walked into the hospital. Now, that means that there's about 1,200 patients a day in Australia with a urinary tract infection in hospitals. Not an insignificant number. And we've just uh, recently uh, redone this work and we've uh, extended this to 82 hospitals in four different states across the, across the country. And um, we've found an identical prevalence. This is point prevalence. This is what's happened on a given day. So it's still 1.4% of people in hospital today have got a urinary tract infection. And um, really the important thing to think about with those is a lot of those are related to catheter use. And data would suggest that around 60 to 80% of these infections, these healthcare associated urinary tract infections, are associated to catheter use, catheter use. What does that mean? Well, that means there's an opportunity to prevent these infections from occurring in the first place. Because if someone's getting a catheter associated urine infection, it means that something's gone wrong. Something's gone wrong when they put a catheter in, or something's gone wrong when there's been some care of that catheter during the hospitalization. Um, and uh, we've also involved another piece of research which is done uh, in uh, eight hospitals within New South Wales. And we looked at uh, patients consecutively over four years, 168,000 patients. And we looked at the incidence. So this is different, of course, to what's happening on a given day. This is the incidence of 1.7% of patients who go into hospital acquire an, a urinary tract infection. Now, um, again, if we extrapolate that out across the country, that's a lot of urine infections in, in, in Australian hospitals. But there is one other important thing that we uh, have found in this study, and this has just been accepted in the Journal of Hospital Infection, uh, which is a leading journal in this field. And uh, we used um, the latest statistical modelling and methods to look at length of stay associated with urinary tract infections. And tonight you get to hear that uh, for every person who, well, on, on average, someone gets a urinary tract infection in hospital, they'll stay in hospital four more days longer than someone who did not have a urinary tract infection. Four days. Now, if that is, in fact, true and can be extrapolated out across the country, that is over 300,000 hospital bed days every year that are taken up from people who've acquired a urinary tract infection whilst being in hospital. So I suggest and put to you that we have an issue here that can be and should be addressed, and there are certainly moves to do that. And these kind of things have a big impact, have an impact on patients, have an impact on the health service. Um, and so really, the UTI problem, as I, um, I guess have called it, is a whole range of factors that impact on that. One, of course, is that they're common. These things are very common. Remember what we talked about. Lots of people get them, and lots of people go in hospital to get them. We have a, an emerging issue around antimicrobial resistance, and that's going to really impact on urinary tract infections in particular. And they are actually having an impact right now in hospitals in terms of uh, the, the extra length of stay in hospital. There are interventions we can do, and we can put in place. And there have been lots of interventions in, in the United States, in Canada, and some parts of Europe, where they've put in interventions to reduce catheter use, to make sure catheter use is appropriate, and we will see some of these problems uh, reduce significantly. 
In our work, we found that there is um, that 26% of patients who go to hospital get the catheter. 26% of patients go to hospital get the catheter. That's an enormous amount of catheters being stuck in people. Um, and uh, there are other things we need. We need to do some good surveillance. We need to understand that this problem more in Australia, and, and that's certainly um, starting to happen. And some good quality improvement programs in healthcare around catheter use. And I'm very pleased that the Clinical Excellence Commission are leading this, uh, this drive in New South Wales, and they're going to be launching uh, in two weeks' time uh, a great program in, in New South Wales public hospitals to try and address this uh, particular problem. But there are also other things in this UTI space that we still need to explore and that we, we want to explore. There are organisational cultural aspects that relate to urinary tract infections and why they occur. There's a lot to do with clinical practice and how we manage um, our patients and prevent infections occurring in the first place. Uh, there are also some unknowns. There was an interesting uh, study done in a urology journal a few years ago that linked uh, obesity to urinary tract infections. That is, the more overweight the other like, the, the greater the chance of acquiring a urinary tract infection. That certainly needs to be explored some more. Uh, and of course, things like hydration and, and whether, in fact, we're staying well hydrated um, it will assist in either preventing or treating urinary tract infections in the absence of having to use antibiotics. So, lots happening in this space, and uh, the Lifestyle Research Centre and my work, of, um, along with others at Australian Catholic University and Vicness in Victoria and Canberra Hospital, uh, are really trying to get into this topic a little bit more and raise awareness, and uh, hopefully, we'll uh, be able to help uh, address some of these issues uh, in Australia. Thank you.